morning. I'm glad that we have this series here to remind us about the role of Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, we have covered several topics. Joanne started off by helping us to, real, to understand that it is a person that we are relating to, the person, the Godhead, Holy and it's God, His Holy Spirit is always available to help us, to guide us, to lead us. And then our elder Edwin reminded us about how the Holy Spirit is not just to be a resident in our life, but He needs to be a president, filling us, directing our lives. And last week, uh, uh, Vincent reminded us about the fruit of the Spirit, how the Spirit, as we build the relationship with Him, He will bear fruits for Him, for His glory, for our maturity. And then we're going to cover three topics um, the next three weeks here related to the, whole, uh, to the spiritual gifts. Now we are back into the series of 1 Corinthians. That's why we put it together. We're back into the series. In chapter 12, uh, today I'm going to talk about the first part, the overview of the Holy Spirit. And next week, uh, Kevin will talk about the Holy gifts as well as love. And then I will end up the series with uh, spiritual gifts, uh, part two on 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where we focus more on the gift of tongues and also the gift of prophecy. So today I will not uh, go into details about that. So in the book of Corinthians, now we are in two books, uh, two series, the Holy Spirit Corinthians, we, we are, there is an uh, overlap here. We have covered all the parts in, in, in a white colour and we have skipped over the worship matters in chapter 11. We'll come back to that later on. And now we are into the spiritual gifts, chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. That focus, help us to focus that is um, our lives, our beliefs need to conform to the gospel. Uh, two years back when I was in charge of the ministry at Teban Garden um, at Christmas, my heart is overjoyed as I see various ones. And can you remember those of you who are there at the Christmas, there are people who arrive early, they picked up all the chairs, they wiped the chairs, they put it aside, and there are people who come singing their hearts out, and there were people who are at the backdrop doing all the various kind of backdrop to portray uh, about the, the nativity scenes. And also, we have various ones who act, actors put up the makeup to express the love of Jesus Christ. And there are people who also arrive before the event praying, and praying during the praying, praying after the event, and people mending all the various stalls there at the Christmas. What are you doing? What are they doing? They are preaching the gospel in the best way they know how. Through their singing, through their acting, through their hands, through their mouth, through every part. We are just preaching the gospel. And each of us present there plays a very important role in building the church and also blessing the community. And this is what God has meant it to be. We are all functioning together, united one body, so that we can, uh, we can serve our Lord Jesus Christ. And God didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He also empowered us with His gift. So we're going to look at both, uh, 1 Corinthians again, 1 Corinthians 12. And then we'll look at it and see what happened there. And then we will learn some things like what God can empower us and bless us to build this church here. If you have the Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If not, you can just look at the PowerPoint. I will read 
from verse 1, verses 1 to 14. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Do not be uninformed. You need to be aware. About what? That you, you know that when you are pagans, somehow the others uh, or others, you were influenced and led astray to, hold, to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Here, this, this section here, you will see how the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is involved in gifting the church. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. We have referred to our Lord Jesus Christ. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God, God the Father at work. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one who is given through the Spirit a, a message of wisdom, and to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that, same, uh, by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing uh, spiritual gifts. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. Okay. Just as the body, just, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many, many. God has blessed us with spiritual gifts. So what is this spiritual gifts? As I read, I compiled together um, my understanding from the Word of God. I see that the sp spiritual gift is an ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, given to every believer according to God's grace and purpose in order to build up the church. God has blessed us, God has given us so-called His tools to build the church. And if you look at the spiritual gifts, it seems to be, some of them seems to be like uh, empowering of the some natural abilities, things like teaching, leading, helping, giving, service, where all believers um, uh, certain all believers are commanded to do, but they are given the added measure, measure uh, ability to perform them. And there are some also, there are more so-called more miraculous kind of abilities. They will require a more direct supernatural uh, empowering than the others. Like the gift of tongues, able to speak in a, a language that one have not learned before. Interpretation of tongues, healings and miracles. And God has given us both all these kinds of gifts, the so-called the more natural one, the so-called more miraculous. And this is available and is still at work until today. 
until when we see the Lord Jesus Christ come back again, the perfection as in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we will talk about next week. Understanding Holy uh, spiritual gift, we also need to understand the basic Christian responsibility versus the gifts. All, all of us has been commanded to carry out certain responsibility and given the ability to do that. For example, I mentioned just now, the teaching, giving, helping, having faith. Not all Christians have the gift of evangelism, but all of us have the ability to share the gospel with people. Not all have the gifts of healing, but we are given the privilege able to pray for those who are sick and God has promised healing also. Not everyone has the gift of faith, but everyone have the ability to express our faith and to trust God in this area. So it's not an excuse to give an, oh, since I don't have the gift of giving, I don't have to give. No, all of us are given this responsibility. Just that certain people, God have blessed us with certain ability and they should use it faithfully in order to build the church and not to be um, deterred by whether I know so much or, or this is not me, I'm not as gifted. No, just give it. And those with spiritual gifts, seems that God have given them a greater enablement where as they perform those, uh, those gifts, there seems to be a greater result in, in blessing the people. And it comes more naturally and in greater frequency. And these, God have used them in order to bless His people. So what spiritual gifts, who is it given to? It's mentioned, given to each one. Every believer has at least one gift. You and I, we are called to be priests. We have given the, we have given, given the privilege as well as responsibility to serve God as well as to minister His people. And God has given us His gift. And some of us, your gift may lay dormant. You will not realize it because you are not using it. But it's good to discover it, to know it, so that you can use it in order to build God's church here. And the Holy Spirit is the one who decides who gets what's gift based on His grace. Based on His grace and also based on His purpose as He determines. The word spiritual gift came from the word, uh, a Greek word called charisma or charismata. It's a plural form. Charis, it is grace. It's all out of gear. Not because we deserve it, not because I'm more spiritual, not because I'm better, not because of anything, but it's all a unmerited favor given by God. That is why it can be also seen as it is a gift of grace. Gift of grace given to us so that together we can bless the church. And that's what the purpose of the spiritual gift is all about. It is for the common good. For the common good to build one another as individual in the various ministry and to be a blessing, I believe, a blessing to the community as the church grows. So, what else the Bible talks about, about spiritual gift based on the passage that we just read as well as other passages? Let me just sum up some of these other teachings about spiritual gifts. As I mentioned earlier, that every Christian would have at least one gift. And we are told not to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. We need to learn, we need to discover, and we need to able to use it, not to be ignorant. Oh, that's other people's gift. I don't need to find out my gift. It's good to find out your gift. 
And God has blessed you. And then so that you can serve. No one receives all the gifts and no single gift is given to everyone. God has distributed based on His grace and His purpose. And next week, we're going to discover this. When we use our gift, let's use it in love, motivated by love. And we are also eagerly desire spiritual gifts, particularly gifts that will build up the church. And not just, oh, I have this gift, it's enough. God said, no, continue. Continue to discover more. Continue to ask God, and God will gift you, not for yourself, but to find ways that you can be a blessing and to see what is the need so that the church together we can build up, be built, be built up. And not to neglect the spiritual gifts, to not neglect it, but to diligently use it. Use it diligently. Last week, Vincent talked about the fruit of the Spirit. This week, we're going to talk about the gift of the Spirit. What's the difference? I, I put it in a picture form to help us. This is the Holy Spirit. And He's given us the fruits of the Spirit. He has also given us the gifts of the Holy the gifts of the Spirit. It's a present given to us. The fruit of the Spirit will be Christ-like, related to Christ-like character. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And this requires us depend on our maturity, how much we grow and mature in the Lord. And our maturity is dependent on how much the Holy Spirit is leading and directing our life as the so-called president of our life. As we yield to Him more and more, we will you will bear more and more of the fruit of the Spirit. Whereas the gifts of the Spirit is a tool that God has gifted us to build His church and may not necessarily relate to maturity. Because if you look at the church in, uh, first in, in Corinth, they are the church that truly a lot of immaturity in the church. There were divisions, there were problems, they questioned Paul. And yet, Paul described this church as one of the very gifted church. So, may not necessarily related to maturity. Why? Because it is based on grace. It is grace. Nothing to do with their effort, nothing to do much with who they are. It is just purely by grace God has blessed them. So, we, should, we must not evaluate a person's spiritual maturity based on spiritual gifting. But as you use your various gifts, remember, the Holy Spirit also wants you to bear the fruit of the Spirit so that you grow in your Christ-likeness. So this is a nutshell, the difference, differences between fruit of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit. I read just now 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and to give a listing of the, the, uh, the least, uh, spiritual gifts in the Bible, but not just 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Later on, the second part of the 12, another listing, and also Romans, and also Ephesians, and also 1 Peter. These are various. I'm going to just read to you the various listings so that you have a good overview. The gifts of the apostle. Okay? People have been sent out. And then the gifts of prophecy. The gifts of teaching as a teacher. And the gifts of miracles. And the gifts of tongues. Interpretation of the tongues. And healing. Wisdom. 
faith, knowledge, distinguishing spirits, helps, guidance, service, exaltations, giving, mercy, leading, pastors, or sometimes these two people put them together, pastors, teachers, and evangelism, evangelists. And first Peter, Peter just lumped them into two categories for, for easy sake, maybe serving or uh, speaking. So you can actually put them, lump them together. So these are the listing of spiritual gifts in the Bible. None of the various gifts here listed here, Paul, is identical, correct? Suggesting that none of them individually or together is intended to be comprehensive. It is possible there could be more gifts that is not listed here. Maybe worship leading or musical gifts, hospitality, gifts of intercessions, gifts of craftsmanship. These are the various gifts. Maybe it's not listed. It could be possible spiritual gifts. We are not sure about that. And some gifts are uh, very different from each other. Some gifts are like overlapped in this usage. Like the gifts of uh, uh, leadership and the gifts of guidance could be quite similar. Gifts of helps and gifts of mercy and gifts of knowledge and gifts of wisdom. They could be overlapped, required a uh, super, uh, revelation from the Lord. I'm not going to define all these gifts, uh, but if you want to know the definition, join a cell group. They'll be having discussion in the cell group where you discuss more about the various definitions uh, about this and also help you to able to discover more in this area. But I'm going to just share some examples of how I've seen some of these gifts manifested in our midst here, in our church here. And sometimes we are so focused on the spectacular that we forget that both are required. There's some spectacular and also some natural things. Many years ago, we started this healing prayer service. And one healing prayer service, the first one, there was a couple who came in, desired to have a child. They didn't respond to the outer call, but they were just quietly praying there. And while this, the wife was praying, and then another sister came to her and asked, uh, how can she pray for her? So the wife expressed that they desired to pray for a child. So as the sister began to pray, and then bless her. And then, a few weeks later, her sister felt impressions, felt God had given her a word. So she shared this word with the wife. It's in Romans chapter 9, verse 9. It's a verse that talks about uh, Sarah will soon have a child, and she named the child Isaac. And true enough, a short while later, his wife discovers she's pregnant, and she named after the child Isaac. I believe this is an example of a of the gift of knowledge that God has given to this sister who came and God and prayed and God revealed to her and shared an encouragement. Last year, in our church, in the Thanksgiving, various one write the Thanksgiving, there was uh, two parents wrote in the Thanksgiving the testimony about the challenges they have being parents of two children with autism. And in the testimony, they share appreciations of a group of people who have been rostered in the church to take care of the children while they are going through the cool club or the Sunday school so that the parent can freely able to just worship here. And this initiative was done by a brother. A brother, I believe, with the gift of mercy, 
concern for the parents' spiritual health, concern for the children's health, he gathered a group of people. We take turns to, to able to help, to take care, to, to, to shadow the two children so that they can learn from the Lord and the parents can worship Him. And I believe this brother had the gift of mercy and our helps here. And several years ago, we have a Chinese pastor called Pastor Chen Guang. And we are part of the office chat group and then our office prayer meeting. And many times he will share about, he will share this gospel with this stranger, share this gospel with this person. And usually, a lot of testimony of conversion. People coming to know the Lord as he shares. And he's just have a natural, he just have a desire to just share the gospel. I believe you have a gift of evangelism. And years ago, many years ago, we were here very comfortable, here in this hue. But God led us to the, under the leadership of our senior pastor, Pastor Kok Pai, together with many others, to pioneer a work at Teban Garden. And through his leadership, through his guidance, the pioneering work at today, we can bless there. And I believe he have a gift of leadership. Last week, last Saturday, we have a parenting workshop. Parenting workshop to help parents about the cyber wellness, the younger parents. Another older parent came to us and said, well, uh, I'm not attending this seminar. My children have grown up, but I want to bless. So I'm going to buy breakfast. So she came, she bought breakfast on Friday and then prepared everything. On Saturday morning, she just brought all the food and then placed it there and she goes off without being asked. I believe this sister has the gift of service on her own initiative. And just now we heard the testimony of Linda. Linda, I believe she has a gift of leadership also. Five years ago or three years, five years ago, when we don't have the, our children's work, our children's pastors step down, we don't have leaders there, she noticed the need. She stood up. Yes, our lead. And she led the ministry. She also had the gift of service. Because many people who got married in this church can testify. She will do a lot of decorations, flower, put them to get, getting a few ladies together, put on the flowers. She will work here at Friday night, all the way sometime until 12, sometime until 1 a.m., putting it together. Though she's tired, she will just do it for, to bless the couple. This sister has the gift of service. And our elder Edwin here, let me see. Uh, uh, yes, our elder Edwin. And also our elder Shing. I believe they have the gift of teaching. The way they expound the Word of God, it comes alive. It comes so clear. Mine, very difficult. I can only rely on PowerPoint, flash here, flash there in parts to help people to understand. But he able to eliminate us it's a gift of teaching. And these are just glimpses of people, various ones, exercising their, gifts, their spiritual gifts. As they discover their gift, and they begin to practice it, God empowers it, and it gets better and better, and it blesses. And the potential is just tremendous to every one of us here today. And I'm very encouraged. And I hope that today, as you get a glimpse of this, you too will be encouraged to see that you have a role to play. But that's not the situations at the church of, at Corinth. They were very gifted, but they have a problem. They were very divided. The church, they were gifted church, but they are divided. 
and they have a misconceptions about spiritual gifts. Some of them particularly have the gift of tongues, and they were boasting about it. They realized they equate tongues with spirituality as well as other more supernatural gifts equates to spirituality. And then they begin to look down on various ones. People will, will feel down, they'll feel unimportant, they'll feel inferior, and some feel inexperienced. And Paul had to address this issue. That's why the second part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the unity in the body, importance. So we're going to look at that. One body in baptism. Verse 12, chapter 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all in its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We are all given by the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. In Paul's view, beside the Trinity gifting us together with the spiritual gift, in Paul's view, the Corinthian church or the church of God is one, is because of their one common experience of the Holy Spirit. We are one because of the one common experience with the Holy Spirit. We are all baptized into the same reality. What is this reality? Baptized, namely, the body of Christ. And this was done by the same Spirit. We were all made to drink of the same Spirit. What do you mean by make to drink? Make to receive the Holy Spirit. And that common experience, when are we becoming part of that body? It's happened at conversions. The word baptize comes from the Greek word called baptizo. It means to plunge, to dip, to immerse into something. Okay, Particularly here, something of a liquid. It could be water, it could be dye. So being baptized by or in the Spirit here to means to be immersed into the same reality, namely the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit formed us, the believers, into one body. The Holy Spirit baptizes into one body. When we become the body of Christ, at the moment of conversions. And people, they were actually separated outside. Because of culture, they are now one. They are now belonging to one another. The Jews and the Gentiles, they are separated by race and religious differences. Slave and free, they were separated by social status. But yet now in church, they are considered one. Because why? Because of the work of the Holy Spirit forming us into one body. And this special reality that you and I have this privilege, one body, the body of Christ, it is so unique, it is so special here. This is what Paul is trying to say here. And Paul goes on to say, everybody belongs to the body. Verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. It not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ears say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Everyone, no matter how different, how small, how seemingly insignificant, you and I, we belong to this body. All of us 
all the parts here serve a very important function, regardless of any claim, whether within or without, from outside or on the contrary. Everyone is equally important and everyone has a role to play. No one should think that his, his gift is inferior to others or himself or herself inferior to others. No need to be a certain type of people or having certain type of gift to feel important. Paul says, everyone can play a role. Everyone belongs here. And last year, some, there was a resident at Teba Garden. She received Christ. But in need of people to follow up. But you cannot find various ones. And then there was some one young, young adult when came forward to help her to grow in her faith. And then she could not continue. She recruited another one. Another person continued. And then later on, another come. Different one play different role. And then meet this dear sister, new sister in Christ for Bible study to follow up before the service. And then she attends the service. And it's been going on for months. Different one playing different roles to help this person grow. Everybody belongs to this church. One body, but many different parts. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body is an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Unity is not uniformity. Uni there is, is unity in diversity as what is expressed here. The body itself, though one, is composed not just of one part, but there are many parts. You and I, we are not haphazardly placed into this body, but God has carefully arranged and includes you here. You are not here by accident. You are not here. Everybody is needed. Everybody, there is a part to play. And I'm glad that I came here into this church as a youth many years ago. I came here. I started off as an attendee. I just attend and then I go. Attend and then I go. Attend and then I go. But after a while, I realized that I cannot be just an attendee. I am part of the body. I can play a role. And I began to look around. When I expressed that, the idea came to me, then I expressed that thought to myself, then I realized that there are so many things that I can do. I can talk to this brother, I can talk to this sister, I can lead these songs, I can able to help this person to grow, and I, I can pray. And I discovered there are many opportunities. I come for Wednesday night prayer meeting. I come and I begin to serve various factors. And I realized that I'm no longer just an attendee, but I'm part of the body playing the role, the unique role God has given me. And as I play this unique role, I grow and people are blessed. And that's the joy of being part of this body. And Paul ended up these sections by saying, we are mutually dependent on one another and there should be mutual concern for each other. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seems weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think they are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts 
needs no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that parts, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honour, every part rejoices in it. There should be mutual dependence. I depend on you. You depend on me. I care for you. When one part suffers, every part suffers. You cares for me. And that's a great thing. And I'm encouraged also in our midst, there's these visitation teams. Pastor Kevin have formed together this team where there are people who need, these people will volunteer, offer their nights, offer their, their weekends, and go and visit these people, visit their people. There's mutual concerns. And I hope that today as you look around, we are aware who regularly sits in front of you? Who regularly sits behind you? Who regularly sits on the right and left? And after a while, you notice that it is so and so is not around. And we can also show concern. What happened? You can take a, a step further to say, maybe you have that person's contact number. Text the person, I used to see you sitting in front of me, but now I'm not seeing you. A anything that happened, how can I pray for you? We show concern for each other. That's what the body is all about. And I hope that we will not fall into the part where we realize that, no, we just sit back and let other people do the job. I'm just an attendee. Let other people do the job. I came across this particular poem here. Interesting poem. I hope the words is not too big. There's a clever young fellow named somebody else. There's nothing this fellow can do. He's busy from morning till way late at night. Just substituting for you. When asked to do this or that, or when asked to do this or asked to do that, so often you are set to reply, get somebody else, Mr. Chairman. He will do it much better than I. There's so much to do in our parish. And somebody else gets weary and worn just substituting for you. So the next time you're asked to do something worthwhile, come up with this honest reply. If somebody else can give time and support, it is obviously true. So can I. So can I. You can use your gift. Each of you, each of you should use whatever gift God have, you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Here, it's talking about spiritual gifts, but I believe it extends beyond even the spiritual gifts because God has blessed us so much, not just with spiritual gifts, God has blessed us with His heart, with His desire, shape, spiritual gift, heart, abilities, personalities, experiences in life. And all these are so-called graces that God have blessed you. Use it to serve others. Use it together. We built this church. We built this church. Quietly or behind, behind the scenes. There's a group of people, we call them intercessors. Some of them pray at home, some of them coming to pray. Together. We call them prayer chain when there's a mass, there's a prayer request to go around. 
they will pass down. People will pray. They'll pray where they are. And there's another group. A few years ago, we started praying for the ministry at Taban Garden. They will not just pray on their own, but they come together to pray once a month or once every two months to pray for the work at Taban Garden. They are using their gifts of intercession. They are using their gift to bless other people. And I see this church here is like rowing a boat together. A boat together. Every one of us have a pedal. You have a gift. You have a calling. You have abilities. You have your personality. You have your heart. You have your experiences. And this is your pedal. Everyone have a unique role. Your pedal is your unique thumb, has your unique thumbprint. Your individual circuitry designed by God for good works. God has placed all of us, each of us, into this community, specifically here in this local church at PPH, with a divine purpose. He has called us not just to be co-workers, He has called us family, a team, one body, the church. And guess what? This is not just one ordinary body. This body is the body of Christ. Christ's very own body. You and I, we form of this body. And Christ, this body, regardless of race, language, religion, or economic status, God has placed us together. Placed by the Holy Spirit. And to form this body, it requires the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His death, because of His love, we can be part of His body for you and I. And this is the privilege that we can have. And I hope that today I will, we all recognize that we have a role to play. And we can play that role. We can play that role. I invite just the musicians, maybe just the keyboardists will do. Just the keyboardists, one keyboardist will do. And let's go to a time of prayer. Because of time, Individually, just come before the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you.